Hi everybody, this is Wesley Pepper. This is my podcast um, with Mr. Pepper's Art Lexia. Um, this evening I'm talking music and everything music and art, but we'll more focus on music with an old friend of mine from the UK. Actually, he's actually from South Africa, but he's been there so long already. Um, so I'm talking to Keenan Bailey from Abstract Sun Studios. Um, Keenan, you're right, brother. Yes, yes, yes. How's it, bro? Good. I'm, 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 I'm alright. <laughs> Let me start off like this, man. Like how I know Keenan, um, like many years ago, almost about 20 years ago, when I just landed in Johannesburg, um, <clears throat> I was, um, you know, moving in different circles, trying to meet um, people and just trying to get a f- vibe or an energy of the city, or try to get the energy of of Johannesburg, and through like. Through this person, through that person, I met, I met, I met Keenan. And back then, he was a, um, he was a writer, he was a poet. And actually, I remember, I remember the um, because back then I was starting my publishing company, and uh, it was just natural that I said, like, yo, send me your work. Um, and I remember his work. It was, I remember we published um, the final hour, mm-hmm. and I think uh, the next that was in two thousand and five, and that was. Yeah, and in 2006 we published Paradox in Time, and 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 that's kind of how I know you. You know, that's kind of how I knew you. You 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 were a very spiritual fellow. You were very in touch with um, you were very in touch with that side. You were also very in touch with. You were also rooted in. You were a writer. You were a writer. You were a performer. Um 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 um, and then and then and then I saw that yo man, but like this guy's talent was just was just incredible because every time I thought I knew okay he's a writer and I saw it always so much music there was this there was all these layers and like back then this is almost like fifteen years ago it like just opened my mind because um, where I came from at that time um, all the artists I knew just did one thing so it was you were you were a painter you were you know whatever and all of a sudden. Yes, this is multi, and like it was, it was, it was, it was, it was really eye-opening because as I, I started to move in the art scene in Johannesburg, I noticed that that was actually a trend, and or and eventually it became a necessity. So um, yeah, man. So that's kind of how I know Keenan. So since then he's been in the UK. So what have you been up to since when was it? Since two thousand and when, um, when did you move in? Oh, four, five, or six? So when when like I that. met you, I was. Um, did you ever meet my friend Kurt? Yeah, 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 yeah. So we still we were, keep yeah. in touch on Facebook. Yeah, we yeah. were studying sound engineering. So, I mean, I was a poet and a rapper and a performer, but I was studying the technical side of things. Uh, uh, and uh, then, uh, like, I just, I didn't finish my second year. I just thought, nah, I'm, I'm sick of this. I placed, like, we had our own company. We were really doing loads of gigs and stuff. And I felt like... Yeah, yeah, was I remember that. Was I remember that. For me, and I just sold my car and I left. And then, yeah, I ended up here. <laughs> And uh, I was hooked the minute I landed, bro. Like, it was everything I was looking for. Bro. Like, you know what I mean? Like, obviously, Joburg now, come, like, the, when, I, when I see what Joburg is like now in terms of, like, the diversity and, like, the, you know, the cross-culturalism and everything, and, like, the way people are into so many different things. Yeah. Like, how London was when I came, and that's what I was looking for, was, like, a multicultural, yeah. diverse place where I could go to a place uh, and listen to heavy metal and then go to a jazz bar and then go to a hip hop. Yeah. And then I could do this. I could do whatever the fuck I want. I could dress whatever the hell I wanted to. I could do whatever I want. Mm. And it drew me in literally from the first day when I came here. Also because <laughs> like, like you, I'm a hustler, you know, like from Joburg. Yeah. Yeah. 
And when I came to London, it was like on the first day, I was on a tube, I was on a bus, I was on a tram. I managed to cover so much ground in so little time. I was like, hi, man, this is, this is it. Because in Joburg, you must take a taxi or you must drive from here to there. It was like, you know. Mm. So, yeah, I was hooked. <laughs> yeah. I met yeah. lots of people. I became involved in so many different collectives through sound engineering. I worked in studios, I worked in festivals, events, and then also because I taught myself how to play bass and guitar while I was here from 2005. Started playing in bands, toured Europe. Um, yeah, I was involved in many different types of things, bro. Like I said, um, I wanna, I wanna, I wanna touch a point. Like, um, let's let's look at that era of um, the early 2000s, right? So interesting point. So um, me, you know, I think that was the golden era. Um, you know, obviously it's very biased in that regard. Um, but back then, I'm talking from a Johannesburg perspective, Newtown was popping, right? Mm. Newtown was, was happening. So back then, like, or, or rather, that was like 15, oof, too long ago. But let's say 15 years ago, all, most of the heavy eaters right now. So we're talking music, theater, fine art, um, sure. What else? The poetry, definitely. Yeah. You know, all this, um, most of the heavy hitters, I would say 80, I would like to say 100%, were all happening in that area at that time, you know. Um, I remember that. I remember that very well, actually. And um, to me, that was, a, that, was, that was quite an experience because ever since then, um, <clears throat> you, sort of, you sort of grown with these cats, man, and, and, and you've seen development. And, like, I love that. You know, because I remember guys, you know, like back then that was, you know, just this face that you see at sessions and that you see at clubs and stuff mm. like that. And now all of a sudden they just, they're like a really big deal. Well, they're legends know? now, bro. <laughs> they're legends now. And I love that. I, I, I love that. I love that. I love that. Um, I absolutely love that. And I feel I was part of something incredible. It was much yeah, bigger man. than. So, well, I, so I like, love that. Hmm? that. I used to love that Newtown being a like being a part of that whole i mean i used to do i mean i used to i used to attend poetry workshops at the market theater so like after class and then chilling there chilling by new by um baseline well the old baseline mm -hmm. uh, the new baseline yeah, yeah. that dance factory just blooming in that whole new town area it was it was amazing bro it was it was an awesome time to be around. yeah man it was it was it was it was very cool man because um just to just to just to add on to that man like if i must look at those uh, uh, those heavy eaters and how they're operating today. Um, um, so we are actually an interesting generation because we, the generation that has lived before um, the tech boom, before the dot-com, or maybe even go back, yeah, before the dot-com yeah, boom. before the millennial. Um, social media. Yeah, yeah. So in, um, like, like just to give it more perspective, with my first book, um, I hustled that book for two years. Um, um, nobody knew me, so I had to get out there. I had to do so many things. It, it took me. It took me two years. But back then, I used to make phone calls. There was no social. Yeah, I remember, bro. You are. I, I used to. I used to make phone calls. I used to go to pub to, to a phone booth, and I like a list of <laughs> list of numbers and some and some change. You'd always have a certain type of change or get that phone card thing and then I <laughs> you got the two up used to literally <laughs> <laughs> because my phone used to get because my cell phone used to get jacked every so now and again or but jack in a train I know and so <laughs> like a phone book was literally the office. So what I find fascinating now is how these cats are operating now in this um in this space because the millennials 
they they understand tech and that's the future. Um, do you think Everyone. our generation is still catching up? Um, the thing is, I won't be able to talk from like over their perspective, but over here. But I want to hear your perspective from London. That's 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 exactly what I'm asking. Well, for me personally, I I feel like I'm up to scratch, but they are still always like a few steps ahead. Do you know what I mean? It's like I understand yeah, yeah. everything that they're doing and how they're doing it and whatever, but I'm still a few steps behind because I wasn't born into that generation. Do you know what I mean? Because I work, I mean, like exactly. I've had a studio, um, a recording studio for about five years, four or five years before this COVID thing um, started. And I work with lots. I mean, my thing is I always love keeping my ear to the streets. I always work with young cats, like 18 years, 18 to 26. And for me, this generation, this 18 to 26 generation is the most switched on generation I've ever experienced. Bro. It's like they are up on current affairs. They're up on health affairs. They're vegans. They fucking like we used to turn mm. up gigs like kafok and drunk. And I, now they don't. <laughs> now they like all clean cut. They got they manage themselves and whatever and shit. You know, what I mean? it's like they switched on, man. They know what they know what the deal is. Bro. Like they they yeah, not mentally um, conscious. They, you know, they if the whole world is connected. I mean, the way I see it was like back then, London had a scene, New York had a scene, Joburg had a scene. Whereas now you can go anywhere in the world, kids dress the same, they got this, they listen to the same music, they fucking, you know. Yeah, that's actually a point I wanna. That's actually a point I wanna. I wanna touch on a bit, um, a bit later. Um, but that's actually that's actually quite an interesting perspective because I've noticed the very same thing. I just want. I just want to add another level on top of that because on my side, from a visual art, because um, I started off as in, in the in the in the publishing game, but my core is visual art. So I was always drawing, painting, etc. Um, <clears throat> my generation didn't really. They're also not really entrepreneurial, is what I is what I noticed. And like, it's unfortunate that a lot of brothers and sisters I know like fell in the trap of uh, signing dubious um, <laughs> um, 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 contracts with you know weird galleries and weird publishers and strange people etc etc because we gotta eat brah we gotta eat so at the end of the day you know we weren't really school because if i was look at the education i come from i wasn't taught once about entrepreneurial shit that's something i taught myself yeah same so 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 um that's also the um the the the, the kind of point i want to come from do you think we because we know both halves that we know um you know as much as these millennials are on top of everything are they really? Don't you think we got a bit of an edge? Um, and 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 I want to hear you know from a London, from a from a European perspective. The thing is, kids over here have access to so much information, bro. Like, I don't know. Like, I think for us, like we were lucky because we had like an innate kind of sense of entrepreneurship. You know, like I mean, you saw me and Curti used to hustle, bro. We used to be all sure. all over the time, and we used to make our money like for. You know, we were in, we were studying sound engineering, but we were already doing this fun and making a decent living from it, you know. Yes, mm. we used to blow all the money on rubbish all the time, but we were doing it. <laughs> we were doing it well. We were doing it very well. <laughs> I mean, Kurt's made a massive business out of it now, you know. Obviously. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Big up, big up, big up. I've, I've seen and like, I big up to Kurt for that. And literally, he kept it going. The same thing. Like, we, mm. we had a, a, a supplier. We used him. We, you know, we... We were middlemen. We used to, so I mean, maybe a bit in that sense, and maybe things are slightly too easy now because you can just have everything done for you, and you don't have the face-to-face thing. So I don't know if if we have, if we have an edge on them, 
but I mean, we we definitely have a bit more experience in that sense. Well, well, look, I want to make I want to make this a bit more nuanced, man. Um, 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 because um, my understanding, um, and I, okay, I don't want to jump too far ahead, but my understanding is that um, uh, when it comes to music, um, um, these days. So I read this really interesting article earlier on today. I should actually share it with you before this, <sighs> anyway. But it was a very critical look on Spotify, mm-hmm. and the um, the the point was raised that within um, Spotify, uh, because of the way it works, the way the algorithm or the app is designed, um, the music that features best, right? is um, music that is a bit more just generic, you know, so it can fit multiple genres. Yep. It can, um, 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 the first few keys or the first few chords of, of the song, that's what grabs you. Yep. So if they, so whoever tunes in, they give it one, two, three, four, five seconds. If you don't grab them, boom, I'm gone. In other words, and uh, that's also why I just went, you know, I took a step back early on, because my understanding of music, man, um, 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 <laughs> is that, like it's it's an experience, man, and 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 it's 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 because there's music and and, and artists that I used to listen to, uh, even three years ago, even two years ago, that I you know I appreciate differently now, and I can I can go back and back and back. So um, these this new age that we are that we are entering, man. Like I don't know, man. I'm very critical about about what it's what's actually doing to music as um, you know the the content. Every time I switch on commercial radio, I stop. Just by the way, a, a disclaimer: I stopped listening to commercial music radio for years now. It's been many years now. Um, I just don't relate to it. I just don't relate to it. And since auto tune became a thing, it was just game over for me. <laughs> so, <laughs> and like it's normal now. So I guess I guess what I'm what I'm what I'm what I'm what I'm, what I'm asking is like, given that you in the in the in the business of producing music and making music clearly your passion is there you understand it you understand before the um the the, the, the digital boom you know you understand the, the current situation where do you think music is heading to bro so and i'm talking like 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 generally not not new you know not jazz or hip-hop i'm talking generally okay well i mean to 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 go back to your, your first question about um uh, what do you think is happening to music like yes there's a very big sense of you know this generic bland you know everything sounds the same everything sounds auto-tuned i mean like to be honest i mean i i've I've had to be i mean for the last over 10 years i've been making like beats for you know hip-hop guys and whatever and stuff and generally they'll come in and i'll say look can you make it sound like that can you make it sound like this but every now and again you'll get someone that has that kind of thing that we used to have when we were younger or no, not when we were when we were younger when those we just get those special artists that want to have yeah. something that's you know I mean like I get loads of kids that come in and they're like oh I want it to be different but then when they show me the example it's like fucking <laughs> the exact same thing that everybody else is doing for the same format First quarters, first bridge, double quarters, done, and that's it. And it's generic. You even, you even hear it like, I mean, I watched a movie on Netflix. Like, it is so, it's so bland. It is, it's terrible, yeah. actually. Like, you yeah, watch the movie and the music is just sounds soulless and heartless. So in that sense, yes, I'd say in the last five years, it's become a commodity. It's disposable. It's very like, you know, here today, gone tomorrow. 
I mean, even going viral and stuff with with a track, you like you can go viral today, and within a week, people forget about you. Yeah, but yeah, that's another. Breath, that's a good point. In the same breath, there's a lot of other artists that are also still trying to keep that mold. You know what I mean? There's a lot of artists that are drawing from like the older, older generation. So like in London, this new thing, um, this new sound came, it's called uh, Afro Swing, which has kind of taken over the world in the last few years. Very interesting. Tell me about it. So it's, you know about Afro beats in the 70s? Yes, with Fela, Fela Kuti, yes Fela, Fela. Yeah, yeah. But because the diaspora is like settled in London is a mixture of West African and like West Indian and, you know, okay. Africans from all over. Okay. Well, in the 80s and 90s, like jungle and two-step and drum and bass, yes. it was more predominantly Caribbean influenced from like the, the raga and reggae kind of Yes, yes, yes. Okay. This new era is from like the more African, um, the kids of, of, of the Africans who came over here. Yes, yes, and yes. They combined yes. with like a bit of Caribbean swing, and then they call it Af- they call it Afro beats first, but obviously it's not like the original Filipino Afro beats. Mm-hmm. In fact, I think I've, I've heard sound. of Afro beats with an S. Yeah. Yeah. So there's this new sound that's developed, and it's already like taken over the world. Like you can already hear every all the big artists have like a kind of Afro swing, Afro beaty kind of tune, and like bringing back this whole African like culture, you know what I mean? Like, because before Africans in, in London used to be teased by the Jamaican men because they were a bit more, you know, British, you know, in that sense, like, mm-hmm, so, mm-hmm. like there always used to be disputes between the African guys and the, 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 the Caribbean guys. Whereas now the African guys mm-hmm. are kind of like rising to the, you know, to the top. Mm-hmm. The That's interesting. Even some bands, like, I mean, bands I've played with, I opened, um, I opened for this band, at a massive big man at Roundhouse in London in January and they called the Kokoroko. Also children of the diaspora, children of, you know, um, uh, you know, their parents are all African or whatever, yeah. stuff like that. And like their music is pure organic and it's a brass band, bro. Three girls on brass, drummer, wow. bass, keys, fantastic music, like proper, real like arrangements. And so there's, yeah. a, there's this, like this whole new jazz scene that's, that's emerging as well in that same scene. So like, that's I see, very interesting. I see that generic side. And then I also see like a lot of kids that are, because they have the access to YouTube, they're like, Who's Felakuti? You go in your research. Who's Jimmy mm, Hendrix? Who's, yeah. who's that? And yeah. developing this new brand of, of what makes them their own. Before, you'd have someone like, you know, they say, oh, the 90s are coming back. Oh, the 80s are coming back. Oh, the 70s. <laughs> My parents who used to say, oh, that, that, that hip hop song that we're listening to, they're using a sample from the 70s or whatever. Yeah. Whereas yeah. now, yeah. I feel like now people are drawing from any um, era and any basically time of music mm. together and creating their own sounds. They can be from the twenties, even their style, the way they dress or whatever they're doing. Mm. And, you know, they choose whatever they want. You know what I mean? You can have the 1920s with the sixties look with the seventies, this, whatever. And, and so, I mean, I find it really exciting in that sense. That's very cool. That's very cool. That's, 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 that's super cool. I want to ask you a question based off what you were saying, because I understand as, as well, like, 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 as, like a student of the arts, like I know there are cats that is producing really, really quality stuff. Um, so, so, this, so, so this cuts across writing, visual art, 
music. Um, I mean, I'd like to believe I'm one of them. Like, my question is, now, how do you get your work out there if you're swimming in the sea of, you know, where do where does the, so, let's use a loose term, the real sound or real music, where do they I don't go? know if there is such a thing. I mean, like, I'm very multifaceted, so I've kind of moved away. I mean, like, in the 90s and 2000s, I was very much into this, like, it has to be real, it has to be this, and mm. as I've grown, especially because I'm a producer, like, I listen to everything mm, mm, I draw mm, inspiration, mm, and mm, I can... I can appreciate almost anything. Do you know what I mean? Based sure. On sure. But in terms of like the beast or the, the machine, as you're referring to, Mm-mm-mm-mm. the only Mm-mm-mm. power that they have right now is um, the money that they can put behind advertising and publishing. Because the power of advertising or like creating hype is in the hands of the artists now. Through social mm. media and through whatever, you can create your own following. It's still very hard, and I still find that it's generally um, people who are either still in high school or in uni where they've got bigger groups of friends, or you've got just massive groups of people that you can sort of influence with your sound and your creativity mm. and push that narrative and push your, your, your genre or idea forward, mm. and then it catches fire through the internet and whatever you can be seen. And like the mm. difference is like, I'm not sure. I mean, I know like, in, I mean, I remember when I was in South Africa, like it, it's hard to make a living like that. Whereas over in, in London, mm. even if you're not famous, even if you're just playing in cover bands, even if you whatever, you can still make a decent living doing that kind of stuff over here. Yeah. You know what I mean? Yeah. Because the market is so huge. Like it's, it's massive, bro. It's, it's, it's ridiculous. Like you can literally earn a living just being, a cover musician or a session musician or whatever and stuff. If you yeah, that's interesting because I mean that doesn't that type of formula in 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 the southern in SADC, you know, it doesn't work. You know, um, um, no, um, yes, you don't have the power to consume. They don't have the they don't have the bandwidth. Mm. They don't have the money mm. to pay mm. for iTunes. Yeah. Most people here, like most kids, have an iTunes or Spotify subscription that they mm. they pay nine pounds a month or their parents pay for them. So they they already like. Um, consuming music. Most kids I know, like they're already earning royalties. They, you know, everything is close by. All the the head offices are here. If you need PRS, which is like performance, yeah, yeah, like yeah, yeah, yeah. Just like I used to play in bands and stuff. And if it, once you submit your music, you'd get like a royalty check every year. Like for every gig you perform, no matter what gig, it's all regulated. Everywhere has to pay like um, a subscription to like the the, the performance um, society. Or yeah, whatever. yeah. And bands get paid for shit as long as you know about it and you're clever enough to to, to reclaim and, and to earn your, your keep that way. Mm. It's a very different... Yeah. You're right there. You're right there. You know, like, I mean, you know that it doesn't always work like that. Yeah, you know, it, it, and I guess in some cases it does. I know I've been making a living of selling books. Can you believe that? Poetry books. For the longest time, you know, yeah, but um, it wasn't a great I mean, loving, but it was a loving. So... um. So I was, I was, you know, because, because, because I sort of loved that bohemian sort of rap um, um, lifestyle for that long time. And um, I always understood um, the, the, the dynamic, and I'm talking from, obviously from a South African perspective, is that, is that, yeah, our discipline had to be next level, you know? Yeah, of course. Um, 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 so that's also, that's also something else that I've um, and noticed. I, 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 and I was going to bring it back to this um, lockdown that we uh, you know as much as it's now level three or whatever you know our, our movement is still very much restricted i mean i still can't move back to Johannesburg, for example it's um, ridiculous but, 
Yes, dog, like it's um, it's problematic, but you know, that's enough. <laughs> we can spend probably another so long talking about that. Oh, don't get me started, so, man. Don't get me started. I mean, like, there's so many levels to it. Um, um, there's so many levels to it. Uh, but like, um, but because of that frustration, um, 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 like I've been following how guys have been, you know, from a range from music. To, to writers, to, to the visual arts, like how they've been adapting and how they've been sort of rearranging or changing their, um, their hustle and how they've been understanding the digital space. And I totally hear what you're saying and I agree with you um, 100%. I'm just like, yo man, like yeah, um, 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 I think, I think that the market here is so big, the need, I would say for art, is so huge, man. It's huge, it's huge, huge, huge. And I, I think that these millennials are being exposed to, you know, via social media. Bro, I see a few all these cats walking out there, man. Man, it's huge. So, so I'm always interested in, in, in talking to other creatives of, of, you know, other other ideas, man. Like, how do we, how do we get through? You know, how do we, how do we, you know, how do we get through this? How, how do we get through to? If I must look at where 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 I'm staying right now, the the neighbors to the left or to the right, you know, and. Um, like um, it brings me, it brings me back, and I wanna, and I, and, and this is leading up to a question, and I, and I, and I sort of wanna hear what um, you think. Um, so back then, and I'm talking like 15, 20 years ago, I would go to an event, right, and I, and back, I, I, I would print out my portfolio, so images of my artwork and whatnot, and I'd print that on like, you know, put it in a, in a flip file in that um, plastic. Mm, yeah. TV. I and know. I would go out to Inventor and, and I would get me some wine or beer or whatnot. And I would just give somebody or just chat up to somebody, give them my portfolio and it will just move. You know, the, this guy will give it to that guy and so forth. This girl will do that. And then I would, you know, by the end of the night, I would eat because I'll have a drink with everybody. <laughs> <laughs> you know, I end up having a blast <laughs> at my work gets out so it's um tactics like that man um you know those are like gorilla yeah those style are gorilla if you want to talk yeah if you want to talk art of war and like somebody else from from a tactic point of view do you think uh do you think that gives us an edge that we come from that we know those things and um, and do you think that gives us an edge over everybody if not why and you get what i'm asking I do, I do. I, I, to be honest, I'm gonna be completely honest because I'm involved. Go for it. I'm involved with an artist at the moment that I'm kind of managing at the moment, and I mm-hmm. literally told her the other day that gigs are pointless. <laughs> Going to shows <laughs> at these kind of events and stuff are pointless because, I mean, I did it in London for about ten years now. I wasn't like the primary um, artist involved. I was playing in bands, like as a bass player or like as a supporter. producing. So I watched these people and I seen the ones who made it. Like there's a few bands I know actually made it quite big over here and stuff and a few artists. And a large majority of them didn't. Because like the the whole landscape in entertainment and getting your, promoting your music completely changed. Basically, like the promoters for gigs like I remember when I was promoting gigs back in the day I wouldn't expect the artists to pay me and bring people to come and watch them play like you know what I mean if I'm promoting a gig you know what I mean you generally want to pay the artist to play and you want to like provide a crowd an audience for them to play to 
you know? Mm-hmm. Whereas in London, mm-hmm. that mm-hmm. whole thing started to change. And like all these bands and people were spending money. There were these promoters, inverted commas, coming out and saying, well, mm-hmm. you need to pay me a subscription <laughs> and you have to bring so many people every time and then I'm going to give you like, like a two pound cut of the door or whatever, some shit like that. Yeah, yeah. Literally, like it, it became irrelevant. Like you go to a gig, you bring your people to come. There's two other people playing. They bring their people. If you're playing last, it's bad for you because by the time you're playing, all those other people are gone because they <laughs> are came gone. To, yeah, they came to come and see yeah. people. Whereas yeah. the, the yeah. band I know that did make it, they got really, really good managers. Not necessarily anyone famous or anything. Just really good people who were good at you know phoning and 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 talking to PR and you know A&R people, our, our record execs, producers, or trying to get synced, you know, stuff for film and TV. Mm-hmm. And they would play gigs like on like a Tuesday night in like a private function. And it would only be media people, A&R people, you know, no, like just general punters. Because like trying to build that kind of following where like back in the day, you'd have a cult following or whatever. It's so hard. And I feel like it's only yeah. you, like I said before, like if you're in uni or if you're in like high school and you've got a massive group of friends, especially now with the social media culture, you can make things yeah. faster. You can make things like, you know, hit numbers that are, that are not normally. Yeah. yeah, 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 yeah. So in that sense, like, I'm basically with her. We're focusing on our content first. You know, we're working on like making quality, quality content. Yes. And working on a, a, a serious like four to six month marketing strategy for actually releasing music and targeting specific people to get music out. So like getting music to radio, getting music to TV and getting music, to yes. DJs, getting music because it's easy. I mean, nowadays you can let you literally digital publishing over here is easy. You pay a, a, a fee. You can get your music on iTunes, Spotify. You can mm-hmm. get your artwork done. You can get like back in the day when I used to do it, you had to pay someone to do your artwork. You had to try and get you. It was yes. hard, like fucking hard just to get yeah, music yeah. out. Now there's even free services, SoundCloud, Bandcamp, whatever. Yeah, 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 yeah. And they are they they're seriously good. So I feel like that whole thing it's good to have, you know, when when the time mm. arises and you are in those, you know, special places to meet specific people. But like through so many years of being in, I mean, like I've worked in like very high profile theaters in London Central with like fucking super rich and celebrities and stuff. And at the end of sure. the day, like if you meet someone that's of importance, you can tell them how many times, hey, this is my song, whatever. It doesn't matter. They're out there having a good time. They don't give a fuck about your shit. <laughs> yeah. You be yeah. like, you have to meet them yeah. in a tight setting or you have to be introduced to them through someone who's like, yo, yeah. this artist, have a listen. You know what I mean? Or this and that. Yeah. Whatever. Or you're playing a gig and you're lucky. You're at one of those spots where someone is actually coming to look for people, which is even few and far between because the A&Rs that were showing up at some of these gigs that I've seen, well, fucking A and R's for like The Voice or for like um, yeah this other show Britain's Got Talent or like Idol oh, God. Or thing. whatever oh, like God. you know what I mean like um, yeah yeah so they be <laughs> yeah. for these things and then you weren't even like guaranteed it was like okay you'll you'll get put forward twenty places in the the interview pro in the you know the audition sure. put through to the the fourth round of audition stage instead of having to go through the basic pre- preliminary rounds oh my word stuff like that. So I don't know how SA is, but like there's a few cats that I've seen that are starting to make headway. Also because I've noticed that the US are finally starting to see the rest of the world. 
you know, like in the last five, yeah. years, 10 years, the U.S. has actually finally realized that they're not a fucking island and that there's you like loads of other... <laughs> yeah. Dog, like I know some... <laughs> check it, check it. Uh, okay, okay, finish up, finish up. Finish yeah, up, no, I up. mean, just like, just like in that sense, like in South Africa, I've seen like quite a few, like, you remember like back in the day when um, we were going to gigs, I remember meeting Tumi on the volume at the uh, um, cool runnings or yeah. like as a dictator and those. And I was like, the fuck, you, where are you from? And they're like, no, bro. Yo, yo, I'm from this. And I'm like, but why are you speaking with that? <laughs> and now, and I always used, I used to, always used to have a thing against like our, our, our rappers and stuff, having these American accents and stuff. And I was very against uh. that. But now the fucking people in America like are rating our artists who are rapping with these accents. So I'm like, well, if they think it's cool, who the hell am I? You know what I mean? Doug, you know, um, do you know Def yeah. Jam, right? They signed Boiti as a yeah. rapper. There's a Nasty Boiti. C that got signed to Rock Nation. Yeah, okay, okay, okay. Nasty C, you can understand, but Boiti. <laughs> okay, no, this, I'm not dissing the sister. I just think that, well... I don't think she paid her dues. Anyway, that's what I mean. And there's even like Shoma Josie who's like making big, I mean, she's yeah, still in it. Yeah, 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 yeah. She's, she's, she's huge. Even uh, MT, have you heard of MT? Well, yes, yes, yeah. Yes, so he yes, like, he goes between yes. Vanak and so I can kind of give you yes. props, like, you know what I mean? Because I rate the fact that he still keeps the Vanak in there. And there's this big Zulu bra and then there's also yes. like um, youngster CPT who still keeps the colored accent mm-hmm. but then goes between this like California twang thing, but I still, you still got the, the <laughs> going, so I have to give him props. But yeah, like, who am I to say? Like, you know what I mean? Like, I remember fucking the Unworth before he was that back in the day, we used to go watch him there in um, 206, <laughs> and they were back yeah, normal, yeah, and he used yeah. to go on about all this. Yeah, 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 yeah. You know, it's like, yeah, who am I, man? Yeah, man. At the end of the day, these cats got to get paid. Yeah. Exactly. Like, and fuck you. So I've got to get paid. And like it's just it's just like that. Personally, I've got a problem with that. Okay, um, but I don't just <laughs> anybody that makes money off that because yeah. you got to get paid. Um, I don't just. In fact, I respect a lot of cats that has been doing it um, for I would say the longest time. You know how long? That's another topic. But um, you know, um, I definitely. But as a system, Tumi, Tumi was I the don't respect part, it. Isn't it? Tumi started, and we used to love Tumi, bro. We used to go watch him. <laughs> And he had an amazing band, but he had a, he had the twang, you know. So it's like we just. But I used to rate Double HP more because he kept it real. You know what I mean? Yeah, it's but, sad what happened to him, man. Yeah, I should, man but, anyway, but um, yeah, yeah, I get you, I get you, and I agree with you. Um, um, I agree with you. I will agree with you. Um, one hundred percent. It's becoming a global village. Yeah, literally. Um, and um, um, I've seen it in the arts as well. There's sort of it's like everybody. Um, I would say a few years ago it was like there wasn't like now everyone's probably like a global zeitgeist it's like especially now with the Black Lives Matter uh, 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 protest I've seen copycat um, or I, I wouldn't say copycat I would say protest that is that is, that is reacting to, to, to Black Lives Matter and they are doing it with an American kind of like well, I wanted to know how is, how is it going over there with that kind of thing especially well 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 well, uh, well it's politicized to death you must understand like it's politicized to death because the EFF has called um, has drawn sort of the line in the sand say yo you can't talk about black lives matter and sort of this on like you know quote unquote foreign nationals you know guys from some Mars and wherever yeah and I 
with it. Um, I agree with it, but I think they should talk last, you know. So, and the that's ASC what I mean because of how separated the ASC all the different a lot of factions are there. Um, like, like I want like, to know. It's, over it's, here, people it's, are more united in that sense. They're protesting and stuff, but like in the woods here and in the states here, it's multicultural. Mm-hmm. So, like, Black Lives Matter, but there's there's white people there, there's you know, Indians, Chinese, whatever, all mixed support in the movement. Um, you know? Also, also because of the uh, lockdown, you know, um, you know, and because of essays, multiple, many issues, um, yeah. you know, and, 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 and we touched early on about the prohibition, the alcohol and tobacco prohibition during the lockdown. As trivial as that sounds, it's a huge thing right here. And it's, it's, it's affecting, it's affecting, it's, it, firstly, it's, it's expensive and it's affecting people in a messed up kind of way. So to be honest with you, um, I don't really think that SA is reacting. You know, we've got a lot of other shit that we're dealing with yeah. as well. However, yeah. and, the political, and the political heavy eaters has called on the shots. Um, I think it's just a lot of political rhetoric. I think they're just reacting to what's happening globally. I don't see or hear any substance in anybody's... I would have thought the same and, would be for COVID. I mean, like, if you're hungry, who the fuck's going to social distance? Like, do you know what I mean? Like, um, the lockdown, the lockdown has been, especially in the Western Cape, the lockdown has been, oof, um, as, 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 as not been good. That's also yeah. why when the, when Cyril dropped the bomb, say, yo, we're going to stop it. Da, 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 I got the hell out of Johannesburg. Okay. Um, knowing the nature of the city, knowing how it operates, knowing the congestion, et cetera, et cetera. I just felt like if this thing should go South, you know, that's the last place I kind of want to be. And yeah, that's just, uh, yes, I'm, 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 I mean, that on its own says, says quite a lot about the, the place that I love. I love Johannesburg. And, but there was no way I was going to be there. Really. Yeah, but would you have been <laughs> you know, maybe even been on your own, right? Were you living on your own? Yeah, well, I, um, I'm sharing an apartment with, um, with, a, um, with, a, with, a, with a very good friend of mine. And um, we both left. <laughs> you know, it was like when we heard it on Sunday, we are like, okay, cool. Boom. Um, two days later, we were we were both gone just because we know. And and I mean that, as I said, that's a quite a powerful I thing. That's a good move. Um, yeah, it was also um, it also it also gave me a chance to um, um, ach, what's the word like? I could rest, you know. Um, I mean, in, enjoy this congested man, and 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 like with all those negative because back then I had two what was it, two months ago. Um, um, it got it got a bit negative, man. You know, and um, personally, I was like, "Yo, man, I need to distance myself a bit from this. Otherwise, um, I might follow suit." Uh, but it's been like almost four months now, so <laughs> I must. <laughs> oh, I miss it. Um, yes. but it's not the same. No, I'm, I'm sure, it's not the same anyway. Like you know. No, but like I'm embracing that. Um, personally, I'm embracing it, and I can't wait for it. Um, 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 me, I embrace change. I'm, 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 I'm all for change, always. Yeah, so um, 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 I'm, I'm, I'm very much, especially with, 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 within the industry. Never mind the social, political issues. Like within the industry, dog. Like the um, National Arts um, 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 Festival, um, the, the previously known as the Grahamstown Arts Festival, um, as now, as now gone gone completely digital through the focus is more stage and production i can understand that because of the audience and they're still finding their feet through through this like as we all are but like i'm like super excited about that i was i was doing a show with other cats in um um swaziland 
also really, really interesting because the Dennis Festival is now another month. What's that festival in Switzerland? It's not for mine. But there's a major festival happening there. But you know, it's all moving digital. And like, I'm very, very, very excited about that. Through is going to come with heaps and, you know, it's going to come with its problems. But I also see the opportunity. I think the opportunity is massive. Um, our um, cell phone network companies have been gradually too slow, of course, but they have been lowering their data costs. Um, and I think now they are forced to. But, um, yo, yeah, man, there's 50 million people here in, 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 in the country. And I think um, other 50 million, I think at least 30 million wants to want to hear and see us. And, 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 and um, yeah, um, um, I'm, just, I'm just ready to bring it. Um, I, I don't know how else to say that, but um, uh, politically, I think it's a problem. It's a, it's a, it's a problem. These guys are saying some scary shit, and 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 they are saying some stuff that is, oof, um, I disagree with. I I I I, I, I disagree with. Um, yo, man. But anyway, man. I don't wanna I don't wanna rant and rave about politics because um, that's kind of South African. Yeah, that's, that's, yeah. <laughs> It's <laughs> such a South African thing. <laughs> um, but yo, Raman, let's um, let's um, let's close it up, man. Let's just close it up. Um, what projects are you working with at the moment? What are you What are you busy? I see us warm there too, so clearly you can go out a bit more and whatever. But what is well, Keenan Bailey, Sunchild, working on? That's the other political thing about things, bro. Like, I mean, I don't want to get into it too much, but like. From the time mm-hmm. of lockdown, we were we were able to go out once a day for exercise, and then within a couple of months, it was like twice a day, and like people are pretty much moving around freely now. You know, it's like everything is starting to get. Yeah. But um, yeah, that was just really disappointed to hear like how heavily your restrictions were over there. Like my mother. And yeah, yeah, it was one of the toughest in the world. Yeah, I was really uh, really surprised by that. It was really you know. But anyway, that's that's another story. In terms of what yeah. you're working on, um, so just before the lockdown ended, I was running a, a studio with a business partner of mine, Abstract Sun Productions. We've sure. been together since 2012, and uh, we before we used to hustle, we used to work in like studios around London, and then we got our own place about four years ago, and then up until COVID started, we were doing extremely well. We had like, um, we were working on like subscription models. Artists would come to us, pay us a subscription every month. They'd get a certain amount of services, recording, mixing, mastering, production. And then when COVID hit, everyone disappeared and the rent was going up. So we decided to call it quits for now. And um, I basically set up in my home. I've got like a spare room that I've turned into a studio. But mm-hmm. project-wise, uh, basically, it's giving me the time to finally get back to actually creating my own music again because I've been doing it for so many other people for so many years. Mm-hmm. So, um, currently, I've released two songs in the time that we've been on lockdown. Uh, one is like an Afro house kind of tune. It's called All We Need Is Love. And the other one is like a more neo-soul or like urban like okay. hip-hop soul kind of thing. Okay. I'm working on a, I'm working on a, a EP, um, a house EP actually, Afro House, 
which is weird because okay. that's why I ran, I ran away from Jobo because that's all I heard all the time. I didn't want to just listen to him. <laughs> <laughs> but that's, oh, a, but that's, oh, a, that's a cool thing about is he's like great now because like your perspectives change. So what you, you know, what you did like a few years ago right now might be a thing. Like I, I, I think that's actually great. It shows. No, but that's what I mean. I always loved it, but it was just, I wanted to hear other music as well. I wanted to be able to experience other bands, other stuff. Mm. So like, I get you. I get I'm you. Working I get you. I'm working on a remix with an artist from Ghana. She's also like a, I don't know if she's famous or but she's pretty well known. Um, I've also created a track that I'm working on with, uh, do you remember Mood Phase 5? Yes, I remember so, Mood Phase 5. Working <laughs> with him. Well, I'm working with wow. uh, the lead singer. Um, um, I fucking love them, bro. Yeah. Used to love them so like she's i sent her a track she's writing for it at the moment so hopefully she's going to be singing great on it, man like great and uh, well working, done, with, bro. Uh, working with another artist who's uh filipino uh, well she's born in philippines but she's here and she's um i've been working with her for the last two years busy. <laughs> bro, i've always been busy and then um another artist That's beautiful kid and i love it who is, he is a shaman, he is a, a sound healer, and he's an amazing beatboxer, bro. Like, he's seriously talented. Looks like a bushy bra from back home. <laughs> <laughs> but, um, yeah, he's also quite mixed, but he's born here. And uh, his all vocal album is coming out, like, in the next couple of months. We're busy mixing it at the moment. He basically produced all the sounds with his mouth, um, beatbox, bass, everything. Mm-hmm. And it's quite, he's a very spiritual cat. So like all his themes are pretty positive and like surrounding plant medicine. He's like, yeah. with ayahuasca and like all these kind of things. And yeah, yeah. Yeah, so I'm busy planning that and then just thinking about, uh, I've been doing some online lessons with people. I did my first right, online man. gig last weekend, actually. Um, we were remembering, I don't know if you ever heard about the Grenfell Tower incident that happened. Yes, there. yes, yes. I know that. I know what happened there. Well, I yeah. So we were basically, so I, I kind of, I'd say I grew up, I kind of grew up in, in Northwest London because when I came here, that's okay. where I made all my connections. Okay. Uh, like people from the Caribbean and diaspora community became my mentors and stuff. So like I lived there okay. and like that was like my town as well. So okay. I'm very connected with that place. And we did like a, I was playing in the band that was like uh, supporting the poets who were like reciting poems for Grenfell and commemorating okay. the anniversary of the, you know, the atrocities that occurred there, basically. Yeah, 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 yeah. And yeah. among that, I'm a father of three, bro. I've got a wife and kids. And, uh, <laughs> trying to homeschool and, you know, yeah. <laughs> that's beautiful, Sanjana. That, 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 that's, that's quite incredible, bro. Like, wow. <laughs> and thanks for taking time to talk to me about your music, about the pandemic, about how artists should think or reshape their thinking in the during after the pandemic. Um, it's been it's been it's been great, man. Um, man no, I love to yeah, man. I, I I love the energy and I definitely love it. I yeah, love that. If people want to find that. out more about me, they can check out my for sure. Uh, www.abstractsun.com. That's my company website, my business, and then uh, I've basically deleted all my stuff and started a new Instagram a few months ago, a solar kid music. 
with the double D, L-A-R-K-I-double-D music. And yeah, if you just type in Solo Kid Music, you'll find me. I mean, Spotify, iTunes is my two tracks I've released and stuff like that. So, so. 100%, man. Big up, Sun Chow. Do you still respond to that name? Is that like too old school? So Sun Child was, didn't die, but Sun Child was my poetry alias. So when I stopped doing right. poetry and stuff, the Sun Child okay. evolved into the Solar Kid. And Solar okay. Kid is the producer, bass player, multi, okay. whatever. Okay, yeah, okay. So Solar Kid is okay. the, the evolution of right. Sun Child. Okay. I still love right. Sun Child, man. That's who I agree, you know? <laughs> nice one, nice one, nice one, nice one, bro. Shot for the interview now. Shot for the time. Away. Shop, bro. <laughs>